0: You will find in your worship guide uh, a bio for Dan Ratchford. Now, for uh, some of you, um, that's a little redundant because you know him from when he was on staff here at St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church uh, some years back now. For some of you, he's uh, he's a new face. Uh, a church comes to a point where they've got to decide, uh, do we... Uh, Look at the territory we have, or do we, and and seek to minister in the best way possible there, or are we willing to look at the bigger picture, the kingdom, and uh, minister beyond where we are right now? Uh, back in 2002 and before that, uh, St. Andrew's Presbyterian decided that uh, we need to expand, and not just where we are but by way of planting a church. Now, one of the things we see in our denomination, and this is uh, cross denominations, is that one of the uh, places we see the most professions of faith is in new church planting, and we see that as a way of expanding uh, the kingdom and continuing uh, to expand. That, in and of itself, is a part of global missions, and so in 2002, a group of people and uh, Dan and Vicky headed out uh, to plant a church that is now established in uh, in Chapin. Uh, not only have they planted a church, but they've planted a church with a mission mind, and uh, that's essential to me in terms of inviting a, a speaker. Uh, Dan, as you can see in the bio, and and Vicky. Uh, they have roots on the mission field, have served there, and now uh, serving faithfully in the, the local church with an effective uh, uh, global missions. And so it's my delight to welcome Dan and Vicki both, uh, but Dan, if you will come and share God's word with us. Well, it's
1: good to be back. Good to see you all, and uh, thank you, Dale, for your kind words. If you look at that little bio, I just wanted to give you a a few fillers in there, uh, just to say that when we first uh, came to uh, St. Andrew's uh, Presbyterian Church, uh, we came from the mission field. A lot of you didn't know this, those who knew us, but we had had a really tough experience on the mission field, and we came back very broken. We were very broken people. Our marriage was struggling, and we had three young girls, and we came back to the states. we weren't from South Carolina,'d never been here before, and we knew some missionaries that were here and we ended up at this church and you all really loved on us and healed us and helped us through some tough times. so I want you know how much I appreciate that. We got involved in the church and um, um, did, did a lot of things uh, in terms of just do some ministry here and there in the church and over time, uh, Dr. Bart never so often would ask me if I would ever consider going into pastoral ministry. I said, no way. I am not a pastor. I'm not doing that. I've done that. No, we're not going there. And this went on several times. And, uh, I don't know the Lord one day just, uh, got my heart and, uh, I, I agreed to consider that. And the church, uh, invited us to come on staff here. And, and then I had to get credentials. I had to go to CIU and start school again. I'm kind of in, you know, midlife and the kids are in high school and we're starting over in my schooling. And, uh, but you know what? A lot of you don't know this, but a lot of people in this church actually helped us go to to COU. And I, again, I just thank you from the bottom of my heart because couldn't, we couldn't have done it by ourselves. So we went through those years of ministry here and um, the opportunity um, to get my 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 MDiv and get it ordained in the PCA. And then, you know, at some point, you got to launch out. Where are we going to go and what are we going to do? And Again, some of you don't maybe know the whole story, but there was a time when this church was considering moving and moving up to the peak area. And, it, and part of the reason was there were so many people moving to Chapin. And the Lord didn't lead the church to do that. The church stayed here, which I think was really a, a thing of God to, to stay here in this area and continue to minister in the Armo area. But through that, God launched a group to go to Chapin. And we were just privileged to be a part of that. So I just thank you so much for uh, supporting us and and praying for us, and we really are an extension of this church. We're your daughter church. We took with us a cross, and it's the cross that this church started with when they start meeting in Leapard Elementary, way, way, way back. And uh, that's in our church lobby, and we want to pass that on to our daughter church someday. So, it's just a privilege. Missions is on our heart. We picked up a lot of that from this church. The the, the passion for missions at Saint Andrews carried on at Chapin, and we started over there, and we. Immediately, we, as we met in the school, decided we need to start supporting missionaries. And we, uh, God gave us three missionary couples to start helping. But we had a, a little bit of a problem. The problem was the mission money was in the budget. And we realized that as a couple of years went by, we couldn't give anymore because everybody wants more money. All the different ministry areas need money. So how do we get more money to missions? And so God led us through a couple of years process uh, into faith, promise, giving. And uh, Jay Evans is here today, and Jay was a big part of that at our church and um, we began to move in that direction and now the Lord, through faith promise, much like what we're doing this morning, um, has been raising over a hundred thousand dollars a year from our church to send out over ten missionaries. So the work here just keeps spreading through, through the Chapin church and, and, and it's just exciting, and we're just really excited to be a part of that. so thank you for, thank you, St. Andrews, for all your support for Vicky and I and our kids. But also for the ministry of Chapin. It just really means a lot to us. So we're going to look at the passage today in Romans 15. If you turn to Romans 15. As I read to you God's holy and inerrant word. Romans 15. We're going to look at verses 25 to 30. But we're going to skip around too. So don't worry. Typical preacher stuff. We'll skip around a wee bit. But Romans 15. Paul writing to the church in Rome. And we'll pick it up in verse 25. Listen again to God's word. But now... I am going to Jerusalem serving the saints for Macedonia and Acacia have been pleased to make a donation or contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. Yes, they were pleased to do so and they are indebted to them for if the Gentiles have shared in their spiritual things, they are indebted to minister to them also in material things. Therefore, when I have finished this and have put my seal on this fruit of theirs, I will go on by way of you to Spain, I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessings of Christ. Now I urge you, brethren, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we just ask that you would just open our hearts and our minds to, to hear what you have for us this morning. Father, I just thank you for the privilege of being in this church and being among these believers, and God, I just uh, sense the excitement uh, here in, in our midst of of world missions, of local missions, of the need to minister to men and women and children about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, lead and guide our time now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can see in your uh, little handout in your bulletin some of the things we're going to be talking about. The... Uh, starting with the modality and sodality ministries. And and the only reason I brought that up, this might be a new thought to you, I don't know, but there's been some different thinking over the years in in the church about, well, what's the church and what's the real missions all about? And all throughout the history of the church, there has always been modality ministry and sodality ministry. You can see the definitions there. Modality ministry is the local church. It's the local church like St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church and Chapin Presbyterian Church, and Lutheran, and Methodist, and Baptist Church. They're local churches that God is working in. There's local leadership. Uh, The churches are growing and ministering to people and caring for people. And that's a vital, vital part of God's work. It has been all through the the history of the church. But also, throughout the history of the church, there's been sodality ministries. I just listed some here that are some of our well-known ones in our local times. But these are ministries that that are ongoing. Many of them come and go. One example I didn't put on there would be... An example would be Promise Keepers. Promise Keepers was a vital men's ministry some years back and had a great impact. But it's gone away. And that's good. Sodality ministries come and go as the needs are there. The Lord keeps raising up Sodality ministries. In this text in Romans 15 today, what you've got is a local church in Rome. There might actually have been several churches in Rome... They're the modality ministries, and Paul and his team are the sodality folks. They're the ones that are moving about, church planning, raising up work, keeping things coordinated, firing up the believers, and we need both of those things. That's just an exciting thing to be realized. So it's not like one's right and one's wrong. They're both very vital in the body of Christ. So here we've got Paul and his team, the sodality ministry, ministering to this local church and encouraging them in their faith. So we start off here in our outline. You can see the verses like a typical preacher. I'm going to skip and hit some verses we didn't read. But verses 9 through 13, as he's talking to them, one of the things, if you're filling in the blanks there, the ministry of blank to the nations. Let me look at verses 9 through 13 with us. For the Gentiles, and for the Gentiles to glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, therefore I will give praise to you among the Gentiles, and I will sing to your name. Again, he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. Again, Isaiah says, there shall come the root of Jesse and he who arises to rule over the Gentiles. In him shall the Gentiles hope. And the word there in that first one is hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. As, we're, as Paul's writing this letter to the Romans, he wants to remind them it's all about hope. Hope in the living God. Hope in God as he communicates through his word and as he ministers through his Holy Spirit. We put our hope in him. That's what the world, that's what the needs are all around us are. There are lots and lots of local needs. I don't know how you are, I'm sure you're just like we are up in Chapin. We have constantly are dealing with issues. People are struggling. Got a family recently, their, their adult daughter is, is addicted to heroin. Got two different men who have had just recently, their wives have walked out on them, just left them. And it just can't really understand it, explain it, but it happens. Got one of our guys, one of our 40 year old men, he's got cancer moving all throughout his body, and they'll get rid of it one place, it pops up somewhere else, and it's just so distressing. And on and on it goes. And the only common denominator, the only thing we can share is hope that we have hope in the living God. And I don't know where you're at this morning, if maybe something you're dealing with, you're struggling with. Let me just encourage you, if you look at verse 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. That's just an important message we need to be reminded of. But also on the mission field, the nations need hope. They don't need just economic aid. They don't need uh, for us to change their government situation. They need the hope of Jesus Christ, and that's what we need to take to them. So as we talk about local missions and all the needs here in our communities, or if we talk about overseas, it's, we're carrying with us the message of hope. It's not just feel good. It's not just be encouraged. It's find hope in the living God. And we need to share God's word as, they, as we pass on that hope. So that first point there, the ministry of hope to the nations. As we think about world missions, we're thinking about carrying that message of hope. Verse 27, if you look in your outline there, talks about there's a sense of what in my ministry in verse 27. Well, the sense in verse 27, yes, they're pleased to do so, and they are indebted to them. And so here's the, the church in Rome, and Paul is talking about the mother church in Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, they're struggling. There are needs in Jerusalem, physical needs. And Paul's appeal is, brothers... The mother church of our, of our of our whole Christianity is in trouble. We need to help them. We need to be a part of that. They didn't directly do anything with you, maybe, but you're indebted to that mother church, and we need to minister to them. So there's a sense of that. that point number two is there's a sense of indebtedness or of debt that I owe something. I don't have to do anything, but I owe it. It's like as I shared earlier about my, my feelings about this church. You know, if someone if you all asked me to come do something here, I would do anything here. I mean i I owe you my spiritual life and my 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 in terms of my my credentials and being able to be a pastor and all that this church has done that for us, and you ministered and healed us I do anything i'm indebted to you it's not an obligation i don't feel like it's a duty to come here at all it's I, I I would love to come and I would always be willing to come here i'm indebted to you and that's what Paul is saying. We need to have that heart toward others that we feel that indebtedness i don't just do it because I have to it's the law and it's something I just, you know, I drag my feet. I want to do it because there's this sense of this is part of my heart, part of my life. He, he mentions that earlier. If you turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 1, earlier in the book, the same sense of indebtedness. Romans 1, a very familiar passage, I'm sure. But we talk about this in relation to sharing our, our faith, about evangelism. Romans 1, starting in verse 14. As the apostle is sharing, he talks about the fact that I am under obligation. I'm indebted both to Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and the foolish. Verse 15, I'm eager to preach the gospel to those who are in Rome. Verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. He's indebted. He's eager. He's not ashamed. That should be the spirit that we go out in because we're sharing the gospel. But Paul has this indebtedness. His ministry is a sense of, I have an obligation to do this. It's in my heart. I'm, again, I'm not doing it because I have to, because no one's making me do it. I really have a heart to do that. I love seeing our missionaries that have been coming through here and visiting with them. Some of them I know from our church also. And it's just their hearts to go. They don't have to go, they're giving up a lot of stuff. But they just have that sense of indebtedness. I am going to share the gospel. And let's be clear. I don't know if everyone here this morning is, is, is a believer and knows personally Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? The gospel that we take locally and to the nations, it's the same gospel. It's, it's nothing more than that Jesus Christ came to this earth to die for our sins. He took my place on the cross and he died for my sins. And when I put my faith and trust in him, I received the gift of eternal life. It's a gift. I don't earn it, don't deserve it, but it's a gift. And that's the gospel. And that's what we're taking to the world. Sure, we say it different ways in different contexts, but it's the same message. And Paul had that obligation to share that gospel. But that's a, that's a sense that as we're reading this Romans 15, back to our passage in verse 27, there was a sense of I'm indebted, uh, you're indebted to the, the mother church in Jerusalem. They've done so much for you, they've sacrificed. And we need to consider our ministry in that way. The third point there, verse 26, I participate in world missions. And you see in the verse there, in verse 26, um, been pleased to make a contribution for the poor. And the idea there is I participate in world missions through participation, through, through contribution, through giving. My participation is through giving and contributing. It's part of the way I, I, I do that. I'm pleased to do it. Back to the same thing. It's not out of guilt. It's not out of obligation. You're going to get a, a card in a little while, and we're going to have a chance to fill this out. I don't see your name on there anywhere. I don't think anybody's going to be tracking on this. This is something that you do from your heart. But it's something you do joyfully and, and willfully because you, you, this is what God wants you to do. And that's the beautiful thing about that. It's that pleasing to do it. Second Corinthians 9.7, you know, that idea that we don't give out of sense of duty and obligation and the law. We give because God lays it on our hearts. And that's just a great, great thing to be reminded of. It's a pleasing to give. In our church, we, um, we do our faith promise thing. It sounds like much like you do. And we encourage our folks, as they think about giving, they think about making a, a pledge in a sense of something that God's going to provide. Maybe something that God, you don't even have right now, but God's going to give you special. We've got one of, our, one of our men that always is sharing about different stories about how God brings money in for him. And he's tr- he puts an amount down each year, and he just begins to look for God to provide for that money in different ways, something. So he'll go buy something and he'll get a discount and he'll think, there's my faith promise money right there. I got to save 30 or 40 bucks and he puts that aside and, and he does this all through the year. It's kind of fun to watch that, but he watches God providing in, in just unusual ways. For me, for example, when I put a pledge down, I, I use things like honorariums. If I do a wedding or a funeral, then that uh, gives me an opportunity to, to give to faith promise. Some years we have a lot of funerals, and so I get a lot more, you know, for faith promise. Some, not some years, not so much, but that, it's all right. You know, we just let them as, as, as it happens. But, but God God wants us to be giving from our hearts because we love to give. We, we're, we're doing it from a, from a pleasant attitude, not from an obligation attitude. That's such an important part of giving. And I just love this about what, as Paul's sharing with the Romans, listen, y'all, you need to give because you, you really have a heart to do that. You're giving out of obligation to the Mother Church, but you're giving because it's a pleasing thing, and it's a beautiful thing. Verse 28, I participate in uh, world missions through going. And wow, this morning, that was a great presentation of just what you all are doing. That was part of the DNA of Chapin because of the church here. This was a missions church, a mission trip-type church, going to West Virginia, going overseas. It continues. It's just thrilling to see what you all are doing. We've got to keep doing that. We've got to keep sending And some of you are at a place in life you're not able to go. That's all right, but you're able to send. But this is that sense of going. That's that fourth point, I participate in world missions through going. We need to be actively involved because that's what's going to change people's lives. Going is what the experience that happens through going is what changes our lives. It's a powerful thing. As we go out in the mission field and we experience and we see things, it's so important. And not only is it important in the sense of what it does to our lives, but also how it impacts our missionaries. How encouraging it is to them for us to be there, be present with them, physically present, seeing their world, praying with them, talking with them, talking their issues through with them. It's such a great ministry. And if you go, you get that opportunity to really bond with our missionaries. And it's just, again, a vital, vital part of, of world missions. We've had a chance to... And our church, since we've been there, to go to Mexico, we've gone to Nicaragua, gone to Hungary, we've gone to Haiti, we've been in Egypt, uh, probably a couple other countries. Lots of countries, like you all. And that is so life-changing for our folks. We always encourage folks to go. It changes their lives. So I participate in world mission through going. That's a key thing. And then the last one is uh, verse 30. I urge you, brethren, by our Lord Jesus Christ, by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. Praying for world missions. Praying for local missions. Praying for God to work in people's lives. I appreciate what Pastor Paul did a little, little while ago, just praying through some of the things for our missionaries. You know, that it, it's tough. Vicky and I went through this, and it's a tough, tough world to live in, living on the mission field. One of the key things that you don't think about is, when you leave uh, Mother USA and South Carolina, wherever you're from, and you go overseas... One of the things you don't realize is you lose, when you move overseas, you lose your local church, you lose your family structure, all of your friend networks, all of the folks you know, all of the familiar things you're used to, you've lost all that. Now you're somewhere else. You don't really connect well for a long time because you don't know the language or the culture. It, it, it's hard to make friendships. You don't have your family there. You don't really understand what you're doing half the time because. You don't know why they do the things they do. They do strange things overseas in certain these countries. I don't know what that is, but they do. They just do things different, and it's hard to figure it out. And so it's it's a difficult time to go through. They need prayer, even the ones that have been there for many years. it's, it's, It's a thing that we need to be praying about. And it sounds like you all are doing that, and you're sharing those prayer needs, but be in prayer. And that's what this passage is talking so much about. We need to be praying. We need to be lifting these folks up because it's so important to them. So the ministry of hope, we're carrying hope to the world. We're carrying hope to Irmo, South Carolina. Are you involved in that in your life? Are you involved in world missions? Caring hope to other people. This morning, as we get an opportunity to make a pledge uh, to world missions and to local missions, that's part of that, that hope idea that, Lord, I'm just going to give, trusting you to use this for your glory. I'm not doing it because the church is forcing me. They're not, no one's going to know what I give. But I'm going to trust you. I'm going to just step out in faith and say, Lord, what would you like me to give this morning? What would be something that would be challenging? Now, Vicki and I, we, we disagree sometimes on how we do that. Vicki's got a lot more faith than I do, and she puts a number down. It's kind of, whoa, you know. And, but, you know, it, But it's, that's awesome. That's great. It that's that pushes me. But trusting God, and again, no one knows but the Lord and I. And it's a conscience thing, it's something that you just trust the Lord for and believe He's going to provide and He provides. It's just a, a fun thing. But these other aspects of world missions, you know, what am I doing personally to uh, be involved in, in terms of prayer and in going as well as giving? It really gets your heart in world missions. We need to be about that. The Lord's coming soon. We don't know how much time we have left on this earth, but we need to be about making a difference in our world. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this church and their commitment to world missions. Thank you, Father, for each heart that's here today and, Lord, uh, each one that you're um, uh, working in, each heart that you're working in. Thank you that for the many that have already gone on mission trips and continue to go. And, Lord, there's many that have never been. And this is a new concept, and even the idea of giving to world missions is, can be a big concept for them. And I just pray, Lord, you'd lead and guide them. Father, I just pray that the work here would continue and increase. Lord, this church would be a launching pad for uh, missionaries, not just to, for missionaries uh, that they could find to support, that you'd raise up missionaries from this church. You'd raise up young folks. I'm so thrilled to see so many young folks here today, and I pray you'd lay on their hearts Lord, the the needs of this world and the heart to go and serve you throughout this world. Lord, that we could take the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ to the nations. Lord, use this church. Work in our hearts now. We thank you and love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.